Brick Moon Fiction presents Diminishing Returns by Jason D. April, narrated by Nicholas Thurkettle. Stephen scratched angrily at the back of his head again. It had started hurting like hell since he woke up that morning, and no amount of pills even dented the mix of throbbing and stabbing pain. It was just one more thing he didn't want to deal with. He stared out at the river, green water rushing by, leaving behind a repugnant, unclean smell. Beyond that, the city with a constant mass of cars constantly flowing over the bridge into and out of it like sludge through clogged arteries. He hated it all. All those people like pointless ants, just going back and forth every day of their lives, waiting to die. You're thinking about it, the man's voice said beside him. Right? Getting away from all this chaos and pointlessness. Minimizing your life to be away from them. Stephen nodded. Yes, maybe. But even if I believed your absurd scheme, what would change? He looked at the strange man, dressed all in black, a mostly perfectly tailored suit and facial hair that reminded Stephen distinctly of the devil on those cans of fish. He had slick, impeccably styled hair, beard and mustache, meticulously manicured nails, and a certain edge Stephen definitely didn't trust. He said his name was Albert, Dr. Albert Alvarez Smith, and he was, to quote the man, a doctor, after a certain fashion. It's not like in the movies, the doctor said. Once the process starts, there will be no small degree of disorientation as your system adjusts to the procedure. Once started, it can't be undone, but once done really will take on a whole new sheen. Colors will be vivid like never before. Every meal will be a feast. Everything will be new and different. When I said I wanted to shrink away, this wasn't really what I meant. Oh, I know, Albert replied. I know. You wanted to fade away, shrink down to nothing to escape. I'm offering you an alternative before we go to such fatalistic lengths. Imagine a world where your depression wasn't there to cloud every thought, dim every light, and ruin every relationship. Stephen shook his head. I can't. Maybe that's just how I am and you take it away. What's left? Not me, that's for sure. Albert laughed. I understand. You're afraid, and that's perfectly normal. Think of your mind as a house, each with rooms and personalities that live in there. Most of those rooms are fine and all. Most of your tenants are pretty swell, too. But some of them, well, they stink like three-day-old fish, right? We've managed to isolate that aspect and, well... Evict it. By shrinking people? Stephen scoffed. That's idiotic. Yes, the doctor agreed. It sounds it, right? It was an accidental side effect of the process, really. As organic matter shrinks, it organizes itself differently. Especially higher-functioning brains. Point being, we discovered we could identify clusters of brain cells that directly controlled certain aspects of personality. Essentially, shrinking you makes them, in simplistic terms, larger and easier to find. Yeah, Stephen said. That still sounds insane. Probably. But you're going to do it anyway. Stephen sighed. Yeah. It works in fits and starts. That's what that insane doctor had said. Stephen stared up at the bedroom ceiling. It was another morning now. The ceiling fan was turning mid-speed, making an annoying clacking sound. It looked huge. He wiggled his toes and stretched his limbs, 
but somehow didn't touch either end of the bed. His grogginess suddenly dissipated and he bolted upward. Sitting up in his bed, he gasped. The bed was huge. The room was huge. Everything was gigantic compared to him. Stephen stood up unsteadily. He guessed he was about a foot tall. Gingerly stepping to the edge of the bed, a disconcerting two-story drop now. He wasn't sure what to do next. The day before, the doctor had said it would take several days before anything happened after the procedure. Stephen cursed at the doctor, then at himself. What the hell was I thinking, he thought, looking around for something, anything that made sense. His phone on the nightstand. It looked comical now, a tiny man trying to use a phone half his size. Biometric security didn't work, but he finally managed to at least trace his unlocking symbol on the screen. Tapping the now oversized phone icon, he slammed his fist on the doctor's number at the top of his calls list. He'd never been so anxious for someone to answer the phone. Stephen, came the doctor's overly chirpy and grating voice. How's it going? How's it going? Stephen said. What? Are you on speaker? I can barely hear you, Stephen. I'm a goddamn foot tall, Stephen yelled into the bottom of the phone. What the hell? There was a pause, and then a laugh. Capital, Stephen, the doctor said. That's amazing. It's never worked this fast. Another pause. Stephen stood there on the nightstand, staring down at the phone angrily. Oh, the doctor's voice came through softly. Oh, yes, of course. Sorry. We'll be right over to assist you. Don't get microscopic in the meantime. Should only be an hour or so. And then the call disconnected. Stephen sighed, then screamed as loud as he could at the ceiling. This wasn't a whole new world. It was the same world, but worse. At least before he could pretend he fit in. He could move past the masses without anyone giving him a second glance or caring. Now they'd simply crush him underfoot without stopping. He wanted to kick and punch and lash out. He banged his head against the bed's massive headboard, unable to believe how stupid he was for even considering this madness. Slow it down, he kept repeating. Slow it down. His anxiety was peaking now, making it harder to breathe. He wanted to curl up under the blanket and just fall asleep. He wanted to never wake up and have to face this nightmare of his life. Years of therapy had taught him various coping mechanisms, but even in the best of times, they seldom did anything. Stephen looked around frantically for something, anything, to distract him. His head was pounding now, both from the abuse he'd leveled on it and that damned stabbing pain in the back of his skull. Nothing felt right. He closed his eyes tightly as tears streamed down his face and sank to his knees. I can't, he kept whispering. I can't. His vision blurred and a wave of dizziness overcame him causing Stephen to stumble. One step, two steps, three. Nothing there. Just air. And he was crashing to the floor, struggling to breathe, to move. But he couldn't. Pain racked his body and he just froze there at the impact point. He didn't want to move, to feel more pain. A lifetime of misery flowed through Stephen's mind, pinpointing those moments where he could have tried, could have been something other than a miserable sack of shit. Instead, he'd opted for the path of least resistance, causing pain and turmoil wherever he went. Big or small, he could see it now. He'd spent his life being an intolerable bastard, 
hurting the people close to him again and again. He never learned from his mistakes. When someone inevitably left, it was always their fault. They just couldn't take him for what he was. It was all bullshit, and he was covered in it. The life that flashed before his eyes was just a series of broken dreams, bizarre, creepy behavior, fuck-ups, and isolation. Then it all got dark. He could feel his heart beating fast, his breathing labored, and opened his eyes. One of the legs of the nightstand consumed his field of vision. It was massive now, a skyscraper. Underneath it were dust balls the size of trucks. He just stared at the enormous detritus that had amassed under there until a sudden booming sound caused him to shudder and look toward the bedroom door. The door was opening. It was nearly impossible to see who was coming through. He saw browns and blacks as a monolithic shoe stopped just before him, causing him to cry out. Stephen looked up as the figure bent down toward him, looming over him like a titan. It took a few seconds to focus on the familiar devilish face. Oh, the doctor's voice erupted, threatening to blow Stephen away with its volume. Oh dear, that miserable nature got the best of you, I see. But it's okay, the rest will be far better off without you. The doctor stood up straight, as Stephen stared, transfixed and horrified. He could feel himself shrinking again, a bug on the floor before a cosmic-sized being. Unable to move, the shrunken man could only watch, with a terrifying and welcome sense of relief, as the giant's shoe raised and then came crashing down. Easy, Mr. Beckett, a woman's voice came reassuringly through the dark. Take your time and open your eyes when it feels right. Coming out of the procedure can be very disorientating. Chris swallowed hard. He wanted to nod or speak, but couldn't. He blinked several times until he could leave his eyes open. The doctor's face came into focus. There you are, Christopher, she said, smiling. She showed him a white styrofoam cup with a straw and put it to his mouth. He clumsily sucked down water and sighed. How do you feel? I... His voice came through weakly at first, and he cleared his throat. I don't know. I feel groggy, and the back of my head hurts. She nodded. The insertion point will be sore for a bit, I'm afraid. It's the side effect of drilling a hole in your skull and inserting the magnetic applicator, but I feel very certain we hit the right area for your illness. Should I... He stopped, looking at the wall. Should I feel different? I don't know what to feel. I mean, I've been depressed and, well, all the rest of it for my whole life. I'm still not sure what's left when you take that away. That's up to you, Christopher. The procedure locks down the areas of illness in your brain and clusters them together so we can shrink them, almost like a tumor. You fixated on just that one aspect of your overall identity and we, well, killed it, so to speak. But without you actually changing how you relate to the world something that has been beyond your comfort zone in the past, there's nothing preventing your depression and anxiety from returning. What did you name it? Stephen? Well, Stephen could return, if you're not careful. Chris nodded, a worried look on his face. But we have a full spectrum of aftercare with this procedure, as you know, the doctor reassured him. We won't just throw you out to flail in the ocean, I promise you that. He looked at her. The doctor with the impossible-sounding experimental operation that somehow treated individual personality traits as actual persons. Chris smiled. You know, he said, I do feel different. 
Stephen wouldn't believe you, no matter what. But I feel like I can. Then you're already well on your way. Jason D. April has been writing professionally for over 20 years, mostly in nonfiction. You can find his bylines appearing on such sites as Playboy, Paste Magazine, Motherboard, Upload VR, and others. Occasionally, he even lets bits of fiction escape out into the wild. Jason does not tweet. This has been a production of the Brick Moon Fiction Podcast. If you like what you hear, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, as it helps us find a bigger audience. For more information on Brick Moon and special offers, sign up for the Brick Moon Fiction newsletter at brickmoonfiction.com. Thank you for listening.